Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. We're going to meet lenders that way, others that might be mentors to you, other owner operators in this area or within every area you're looking to grow in. And also just to kind of keep you grounded. I think networking is the most underrated skill and function that we can do in any industry. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Best ever listeners, welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Slocum Reed, and today I'm here with Andy Crawford. Andy is also joining us from Cincinnati, Ohio, like me. He is the Director of Investor Relations at Prosper Capital Company, a vertically integrated value-add multifamily syndicator. He's also a Senior Director of Corporate Sales in the generic pharmaceutical industry. Prosper Capital's current portfolio consists of roughly 200 units, while Andy's personal portfolio is 105 units. Andy, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're currently focused on? Sure. Thanks, Locum. Really appreciate the opportunity to be on the podcast. My background is in the pharmaceutical industry. I've got quite a bit of experience. Over 20 years, I've been in the pharma industry and I've been within the Cincinnati area most of that time. I've worked for a small privately owned company, which has since been bought up by private equity. And Several years back, really was interested in getting into real estate, providing additional streams of income for my wife and I and our family. And fast forward to today, here we are. I've got properties right around the Cincinnati area, some up in Dayton, some we actively manage, and some that are partnership opportunities. For you personally and for Prosper, is everything in the Cincinnati area? Yes, everything is in the Cincinnati area for Prosper Capital, basically within the 275 loop. Gotcha. And Prosper, that general partnership, you focus on investor relations. How many partners do you have? Currently, there's two of us, the general partner who has established Prosper Capital and myself. Gotcha. I think you actually said that you self-manage your portfolio. When you say vertical integration for Prosper, what do you mean by that? Well, I think the thing that makes us unique, Slocum, is that we've really figured out that Control of the asset through the whole period is really ultimately going to lead to success of 
the performance of the property, retaining the proper tenants there, keeping expenses down. So we have focused on in-house property management, construction management, and asset management within Prosper. That's property management, construction management, asset management. Does the same team that manages for Prosper also manage your units? No, I actually have a third party that manages some of my personal portfolio. And then my wife and I actually manage a handful of our properties still. That were some of the original buys when we started to get into uh, real estate investing. Gotcha. So with Prosper, given that you're property construction and asset management, what does that asset management look like? The cliche everyone wants to use is that the asset manager manages the manager. Well, you're both. Mm -hmm. So what is asset management for you all? Well, we're just taking over the control of the performance of the property, ensuring that the P&Ls are looking good for us and ensuring that we're keeping our expense ratio to the lowest possible point as we can, increasing rents where we can, making sure that the members within the leasing team and the property management team are doing what they're supposed to in order to get unit turns going or vacant units occupied. And as well with the construction management piece with our unit turns. Andy, I'm imagining you having a conversation with yourself about how things are going and how things need to be improved. (laughs) Yes. I'm also in this regard, I do not syndicate yet, but I'm an owner operator. So I have property management and construction management in-house. And I completely agree with you with regards to controlling the process, controlling the operations also gives you the best control of the outcome. When was Prosper's most recent acquisition? Our most recent acquisition was on May the 8th, and that was of a property here within the Cincinnati community, and that is a 27-unit building near the uh, Mount Lookout area. That's incredibly recent. What about before that? The one prior to that would be a property in Silverton, which is our redevelopment project that we had acquired back in May of last year. So we're coming up on almost our year anniversary there. That was a complete redevelopment project, very heavy lift, and actually one that I brought on to a local RIA as the deal of the month, which was kind of exciting to share the process with a lot of our local RIA members. Andy, I want to speak to that process and that heavy lift. So Can you give us some more details about that project? Tell us where it is currently. You're just about a year into it as of this recording. How's it going? It could always be a little bit more ahead of schedule. There's always hiccups that you run into in any sort of large project. This project, the interesting thing about it is the property at one point in time in its life was a motel, about a 24-key motel. is located right off Montgomery Road. It's about 1.7 miles from Kenwood Mall. So it's in a great location as far as where it sits in the area in that community. Heavily distressed. We picked it up directly from the seller with a, a really great broker relationship that we fostered over some time. And basically after acquisition, we got in there. There was a very little occupancy left to those tenants that were left. We made sure that we took care of them and gave them notice and got them in a place. It was very unsafe living conditions. Some of the boilers were leaking water. The electrical room was a disaster, so to speak. But we got in there after completely vacant 
and our demo crew came in. We've got a commercial GC on that project that has literally over 20 years of experience in the local area doing strip mall developments, redevelopment projects through the commercial space, and even building some restaurants. So having a great member on the team like that has truly been imperative in our process and the success of that process so far. But basically went in and gutted that building down to the cinder block, not even the studs, but the actual cinder block. And we completely redesigned the interior of the building with an architect. Our goal obviously was how do we take this asset and maximize the income potential as much as we could. And that really involved in redeveloping the layout of the units, the type of units that we were putting in there, how many units could we fit in what building. It's comprised of two buildings that sit right next to one another. And where we are today after the heavy demo and the process of working on some large capital improvement projects like the roof and some of the heating and cooling, we have now got to a point where we are framed out. We've got flooring in, drywall in, all the mechanicals are in. And by this time next week, cabinets in completely in one part of the building. So very, very exciting. It's been a long road. No tenants currently. No tenants currently. Yeah, We're hoping to have lease-ups start sometime in early June. June's a great time to be leasing for sure. And I know cabinets feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel, even though you're still in the tunnel. Yes. How does the actual construction timeline compare to what you projected? I'd say we're probably about six to eight weeks behind schedule in full honesty. We would have liked to have lease up done about by now, or at least initiated and part of the building's leased up. But one of the things I've really learned, Slocum, through this process with the partner on the project and with our construction management team is inspections, inspections, inspections. And they really will hold up a project. We have been very fortunate enough that the GC that we have has had some foresight to schedule inspections concurrently through the project. So for instance, you have an inspection on your above grade plumbing rough-ins. Even insulation has an inspection, which I was not even familiar with prior to this project. So lots of inspections that can really slow things down. One of the big pieces that we were concerned about before starting the project was just supply chain. Were we going to be able to get the materials that we needed for the project? We all really took the reins on certain pieces of the supply chain procurement through the partnership. For instance, I was in charge of flooring. Somebody else might have been in charge of HVAC. So we really team effort to take down ensuring that we had the actual products that we needed to execute the project. Huge learning experience. This is not a fun question, of course, Andy, but six to eight week delay in construction, this magnitude, what is the impact to the budget and to your reserves for the project? Well, I was having a conversation with another colleague in the investor space here in Cincinnati about a project they were looking at. It was a redevelopment project. And that person asked me, what's one thing I can learn from your experience? And I got to say, always have extra reserves because you're going to probably run thin and you're probably going to run over your time frame. So obviously there's debt on a property, most any property or most any projects we do. So debt costs money. So the longer it takes to get this property completed, the more we have an overage in debt payment. But we are actually projected to hit 
still under budget, believe it or not. So I think the partner and I really took the conservative approach. As I mentioned before, in regards to procuring materials, you really got to get out there and shop around, make sure you're leveraging your network to understand that you're getting the best possible price on certain goods that you need to finish a project of this magnitude. So I'm very happy with where we are now, even though we're behind schedule. Your conservative budgeting for the rehab, it sounds like, is offsetting at least some of the additional carry costs of debt and utilities and things like that. That's good stuff. With a project like that, I know you said you have a general contractor and construction management in-house. How does that work? When you say construction management is in-house, how does that break down for you all? Great question. Well, Really, the construction management team comprises of the project manager that is taking on the entirety of the development project. The partners, obviously myself, the partners, we assist in making overall decisions. And Your that project manager is part of the general partnership? Yes, he's part of the project in some aspects, yes. And that really goes back to the genesis of why we're doing this. And it's really to create a team within Prosper that involves in all different aspects of the management process, whether it be property management, construction management, our maintenance technicians. We go further together, basically. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Deciding how to invest your capital is more challenging than ever. That's why it's never been more important to partner with a company with a solid track record and that has thrived through various economic cycles. Companies like BAM Capital. BAM Capital is a trusted multifamily syndicator that has delivered a historical average of over 35% IRR with an average hold period of three and a half years. BAM Capital has never missed a preferred payment, never lost an LP's investment, and never called capital past the subscription amount. BAM Capital is currently raising capital for a fund designed for accredited investors targeting a 15 to 20% IRR and a 2 to 2.5x equity multiple to its investors over a three to five year hold period. If you're an accredited investor and you want to learn more about multifamily investment opportunities with BAM Capital, visit capital.thebamcompanies.com. Again, that's capital.thebamcompanies.com. Are you a real estate investor looking to break into the multifamily investing space? Have you heard of MFIN Con happening in Charlotte, North Carolina, June 12th through the 14th? The Multifamily Investor Nation Convention is a place to learn from over 60 high-level apartment investors while networking with more than 700 additional investors. If that's not enough for you, A-Rod, yep, Alex Rodriguez, 12-time Major League Baseball All-Star with over $700 million of commercial real estate assets, will be live and in person speaking at the event. Also speaking is the one and only Dr. Robert Cialdini, the godfather of influence and the award-winning author. I personally love his books. So be sure to secure your tickets to this live in-person event before they're gone. Go to MFINCon.com for more details. Sponsorship opportunities are also available. Visit MFINCON.com today. Use the promo code BESTEVER to get $200 off your tickets. That's MFINCON.com. This project is not going to be a good example of how you keep property management in-house. Generally speaking, with the other properties that Prosper has, in-house property management, what does that mean for you all? Basically, we manage all the lease-ups, unit turns. We have maintenance techs. Um, One of the big 
metrics that we always take a look at is average response times and our maintenance tickets. And I think on average, when I was doing some of our investor relations reporting for Q1 of this year, we're literally executing some of these maintenance tickets 90% of the time, same day, which is a big deal in tenant satisfaction. So as you well know, being a property owner, maintenance is a constant need over your portfolio. So ensuring that you have some really good maintenance technicians on your team and a really good leasing agent is going to ultimately lead to your success. Pretty much every owner operator that I know, syndicators included, people who have maintenance in-house, is going to say that the speed with which you resolve maintenance issues is the number one factor for tenant mm-hmm. retention. Uh, and tenant mm-hmm. retention means less turnover, less vacancy, less leasing cost, and drives the bottom line very significantly, if not more significantly than anything, for sure. Interesting question for the operators and property managers and asset managers, frankly, who are listening in and the LPs who like to ask these kinds of questions of their own sponsors and operators, understanding that all markets are different and that all properties are different. What is your number of units per maintenance technician? We have two full-time maintenance technicians that manage most of the portfolio properties. And some might say, wow, you're spreading yourself thin. But one of the things you have to remind yourself of is we strategically purchase properties in the vicinity of neighboring properties that we own. So it's all about economies of scale and efficiencies. And when I said before, the vast majority of all our properties are within likely a 15 or 20 minute drive, some even within just a minute or two. So we utilize those maintenance technicians pretty efficiently. I think there are some other variables to this conversation as well, Andy. It depends a lot on your business plan. I personally tend to do heavier lifts. And so when we're going in, we're going to end up with almost all new plumbing fixtures anyways, if not all Mm -hmm. new plumbing fixtures. So we're replacing the things that tend to break down the most often, basically because of how old everything is when we take over the property. So I know some operators, even in the Midwest, who are as low as 60 units per full-time technician because they just have a lot of maintenance calls. I know, especially on your heavier lift in Silverton, I would suspect you're not going to have a lot of maintenance issues Mm -hmm. early on. It's not going to take the same amount of a technician's time to handle those properties, but also it means that you're not going to be hitting the P&L nearly as hard with maintenance issues because everything's going to be new. Specific to that full gut to the cinder blocks, renovation. What kind of returns did you project for it when you acquired it? And are you still on that mark right now? Yeah, I think we are. Obviously, lease up will really tell more. I believe that our projections for that specific property are going to be very much in our favor. I'd say that collectively, just round numbers, if we were to look at the opportunity the post-renovation appraisal came back for that property around $3.3 million. Significant meat on the bone for us on that one. And I think that post-lease up, we'll have a better idea of that number. We kind of know what we think we're going to get specifically for per unit rent. But things are leveling out a little bit in Cincinnati. So more to be told there. Tell us what you mean by things are leveling out in Cincinnati. Well, I feel like Rent isn't softening, but it seems to be not increasing as rapidly as it has been in the last 12 
to 24 months, as you may or may not have experienced. Location of the property definitely matters on what it can command, but conservatively, we're not looking for significant rent growth in the next two years here in this area. Andy, when did you start acquiring rental properties? I think we started first buying my wife and I back in 2019. So we have not been in this game for very long. What would you say has been your biggest struggle thus far? Well, I tell you, one of my biggest struggles has been delegating. And it always has in my life because I like to execute tasks on my own. And one of the things that I feel like I've done better as we've tried to scale is just delegating tasks to others that can really do those for you. So that's been my biggest struggle, self-managing properties in the beginning, maybe passing off a couple buildings to a third-party management company. Kind of hard for me to let go of some of that control in order to control costs and overhead. So I feel like that's kind of been my biggest struggle. But I'm getting better at delegating and really refining my processes in order to bring somebody in to fulfill that role. So it gives me more time to scale the portfolio with Prosper. There are a lot of people who struggle with delegating and trusting other people to handle things that they would be naturally inclined to do with themselves. What would you say is the greatest opportunity cost of that in your experience, Andy? The greatest opportunity cost is really not focusing on your highest and best use. I think as we continue to gain experience in many aspects of life, whether it be real estate investing or not, is what I'm doing going to give me the best return of my time, a return of my investment. And I think when you try to maintain too much control, either over certain aspects of your property portfolio, certain aspects of not bringing on additional team members to control costs, you really are short-sighted and seeing the bigger picture of, I can really scale bigger and faster with others. And I've learned that partnerships in real estate, and we all know the cliche saying is it is a team sport, but it really is. And I think the opportunity cost of not relenting control in some aspects is going to really restrict your growth. I introduced you as an investor relations person. What do you see as your strengths and what do you see as your weaknesses that you really need to be bringing partners in to cover? Well, I feel my strengths are definitely networking and really explaining the opportunities within the investments that we bring to our limited partnerships. One of the things I really rely heavily on is I'm very competent in underwriting, but there are partners that we brought in that have very strong underwriting and analytical skills. Not necessarily my strongest suit, nor do I like to do it that much. So I feel like that's something that I'm lacking in that a partner fulfills. Really the day-to-day management piece that's really heavily relying on my partner, that's not something that I'm really excelling at or have really the bandwidth to do. So I feel like that's really where we're at right now. That makes a lot of sense. Andy, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. What is the best ever book you recently read? I would probably say Who Not How by Dan Sullivan and Benjamin Hardy. That's a great one. Really correlates to delegating, which is something I'm trying to continue to improve upon. I've said this several times on the podcast, but Dan Sullivan, even Who Not How, the authorship of the book, he found someone else to write it for him because he thought they could write it better. (laughs) And now Benjamin Hardy's written a bunch of books for Dan Sullivan. What is your best ever way to give back? 
Prior to having way too many kids, I really was involved in St. Vincent de Paul, really support their mission, whether it be directly or indirectly. I really like to give back through that organization. Real quick, what does St. Vincent de Paul do? Well, St. Vincent de Paul works through the Catholic Charities Network. They do many different things, whether it be medication assistance through their charitable pharmacy within the Ohio area or even within their thrift stores. And they also have food pantries located in different demographics throughout the city. Help those in need. Pertinent to us as well, they've had a pretty strong rental assistance program since COVID really significantly impacted some of our tenant bases. In fact, I'm working with St. Vincent Paul for one of my tenants right now. Great organization. Andy, thus far in your real estate investing, what is the biggest mistake you've made and the best ever lesson that resulted from it? I'd say the biggest mistake I've made is trying to do everything by myself and scale a personal portfolio without success and really, I guess, minimizing the benefits of partnership. So I believe that that's probably been my biggest failure, but also led me to current partnerships I'm in now and really understanding how important they are if you want to grow and scale a a business. What is your best ever advice? My best ever advice is get out there and network because that's how you're going to meet people. You're going to meet lenders that way, others that might be mentors to you, other owner operators in this area or with whatever area you're looking to grow in. And also just to kind of keep you grounded. I think networking is the most underrated skill and function that we can do in any industry. So keep networking. Awesome. How can people get in touch with you? You can find me on LinkedIn, Andrew Crawford at LinkedIn, and also through Facebook. And you can visit our site anytime at prospercapitalco.com. Those links are in the show notes. Andy, thank you. Best ever listeners, thank you as well for tuning in. If you've gained value from this episode, please do subscribe to our show. Leave us a five-star review and share this episode with a friend you know we can add value to through our conversation today. Thank you and have a best ever day. Thanks, Locum. Really appreciate the opportunity. Hi, Best Ever listeners, Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and Best Ever content? Well, if so, join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the Best Ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.